Welcome to Own the Microphone. Join me, Bridget McGowan, an award-winning international professional speaker and owner of the independent publishing company, BMAC Talks Press. Hello, everybody. Bridget McGowan here, and welcome to today's episode of On the Microphone. And as you can tell in my voice, if it sounds a little bit more animated than usual, I have a really good reason for it. It's because I have with me today my fellow introvert, that's where we're starting the conversation, my fellow introvert, Dan Ram. I'll tell you more about him later, but for now, he and I are going to have a little bit of a conversation about this introvertedness that we have going on. Dan, welcome to the show. Thank you for having me. Oh, the <laughs> microphone. Come on, here we are. <laughs> so I have to ask you this. I should have asked you this before. Do you like Dan or Dan Ram? Dan Ram is the stage name that has overtaken into every part of my life. I even have my parents who named me calling me Dan Ram now, but I used to be Danny to them. So, yes. <laughs> well, if, if mom and dad are cool with calling you Dan Ram, then Bridget is going to be cool with calling you Dan Ram. Now, you and I were talking before we got started. You have a lot of energy, oh. see it in the uh, tons of videos that you've done. I can't remember the stats from your website, the hundreds of the 400, 500, 600 videos that you've done. The energy yes. is there. It comes through the screen. Yeah. However, yeah. you are an introvert. And sometimes people look at that and they, they say, wait a minute, I'm looking at this person in this video, but then you're sitting here telling me you're an introvert. How do those two make sense? Well, here's the deal, right? I'm looking at you right now, and you come across as one of the most charismatic, energetic, loving human beings out there, and maybe would not be classified as an introvert. You and I know that being, our in, being an introvert is our superpower. I'll tell you this. Introversion and extroversion have nothing to do with charisma or stage presence or speaking ability. It has to do with the source of your energy. Extroverts naturally gravitate to crowds because crowds give them energy. Introverts generally don't hang around crowds because crowds take energy away from them, which is why the greatest of speakers are often introverts. That's right, introverts listening in going, oh no, I can't be a public speaker because I'm an introvert. I'm so sorry you got it confused because it actually is your superpower. Here's the deal, lovely Bridget. You know the energy you're bringing right now in this podcast? It's yours. You came to it even before I said hello to you. You are shining and beaming on the screen because it's your energy. You own it. And for me, when I'm on stage, and especially because I'm often a moderator or an MC, it is my favorite role to be, I come bouncing onto the stage even before someone claps, sometimes even before people are looking at the stage. Why? Because it's my energy introverts know where to get the energy from that's why introverts often make some of the best speakers because whatever they're showing on stage they own it they're not faking it they're not doing it to impress anybody they're not matching a crowd they're bringing it to the crowd 
And I like what you said in terms of how even before the audience even starts clapping or anything like that, you're already pumped. You come onto the stage ready. You don't look to the audience to hype you up. You say to yourself, you know what? This audience may not be hype right now, but wait until they get about 12 seconds of Dan Ram. That's about how much time you have, by the way, 12 seconds. For any uh, speaker wanting to know how much time you have to win an audience, I'd say between seven to 12 seconds. It's not a lot of time. It's it, it, and, and for that reason, you can't start presentations or you cannot start events with reading bios or talking about accomplishments. Talk to us a little bit more about how you start your events and how do you do things differently? Okay, you know what? Since you've got an audience that have been following you for a while, let's not go with the basic general stuff, okay? I'm going to tell you kind of like more advanced level stuff. First of all, you got to own the environment. So energy is felt and experienced. It is not said. Just simply because I come on stage and say, hey, we're going to have a fun time. Doesn't make people think they're going to have a fun time. You got to own the environment. So before I even come on stage, often 24 hours before and many times, weeks in advance, I'll ask them, what's the seating arrangement? Because it does make a difference. If people are sitting on a flat floor looking at a high stage, it's a different experience. Then you're sitting in, say, like an arena setting where um, the, the seats go higher and higher the farther away they are, right? It's different if there's if I'm in the middle and they're sitting in circles around me and we're on a circular stage. It makes a huge difference. So literally from the seating arrangement to the light to the sound, because if you go up onto stage in a brightly lit room, guesses are that everybody's looking everywhere. On the other hand, if you're in a dark room and the lights are on stage, that's where they're looking. Also, music makes a difference. If you've got a certain kind of music with a certain kind of beat, people feel it. You have elevator music playing, you have a sleepy crowd. So you got to think about all these things. That's why I call about owning the environment. Sometimes I'll go as far as the scent in the room, because here's the deal. If you have the unfortunate uh, timing that your talk happens to be around lunchtime or a coffee time, and if the smell of coffee is coming in the lobby behind the room, you can guess where people's minds are at that moment. They're thinking about coffee or if catering is happening behind you and they hear plates and things being set up, they're not listening to you. So literally even the aroma I think about, that's called owning the environment. And that's something I, I obsess about. I'm, I'm thinking 360 experience, not just what words I'm going to say or what outfit I'm going to wear. Those are basic. Those have to happen. But I'm thinking the five minutes before I'm on stage, I'm already creating the mood for me on stage. So what's happening five minutes before I show up? What's happening with sound, with light, with seating, with people, the speaker before me, all of that, I gather the information. So that's one little nugget about energy is energy has to be experienced and most of it is subconscious. So how much of that can you own? Own the environment. Second, and I'm curious to hear your answer about this, Bridget, but I have a routine that I do before I go on stage. I have a routine that I actually do every single morning. It is kind of my five G's to a good morning and and actually a good day. And so when I do this, I'm supercharged for whatever happens because so much about being on stage is about just being present. It's actually not about memorizing the perfect speech or having the best slides. It's just about being present and in the moment to react and respond to things that you cannot control. And so my 5G morning routine helps me with that. But do you have a routine that you do, Bridget? I'll tell about the 5G, but 
Do you have a routine? Do you resonate yeah. with this? You know, I was about to stop you and say, what, you are not going to leave us hanging like that. Talking about, oh, I have this 5G routine, not just for my presentation, but for my day. Hey, Bridget, I was like, no way. You're not getting out of that. So in terms of before my presentation, yeah, you're going to give us those 5Gs. I, I have my pen and paper ready here. So in terms of my routine before presentation, actually, it happens well before the presentation. And this is non-negotiable for me. I must practice my presentation a minimum of three times all the way through before I get on that stage. Now, if time is of the essence or I'm limited in time, then I have to practice the first 10 minutes and the last 10 minutes a minimum of three times all the way through. And I'm talking about I'm pausing, I'm gesturing, I'm waiting for answers to questions and so on and so forth. That's incredibly important to me. Then I'm also particular about what it is I eat. Certain things like you don't want anything salty. You don't want bacon. Let's say you're doing a morning presentation and on the buffet, you've got the bacon and the eggs and so on and so forth. Well, I'm not eating bacon because it's salty and it causes you to salivate and nobody wants to hear you constantly, you know, trying to clear your throat throughout a presentation. I also like to be careful with what I drink. I'm not going to have any kind of dairy products. I'm not going to have any orange juice, anything like that, because that can cause mucus to accumulate. And then that causes some other problem. Uh, So, and there are certain things where I I do my checklist to make sure that I have everything in place. I, you know, kind of a logistical type thing where I'm double checking. Do I have my clicker? Do I have my bottle of water? Not a glass of water, but a bottle of water with a lid to it so I can screw it on and we're not spilling water all over the technology. I don't know that I have this set routine because I just kind of wake up like on 10, but definitely that presentation practice, definitely watching what I ingest and definitely making sure I have every single thing that I could possibly need and maybe even backups for the presentation. So eh, that's something of a routine. I dig it. I dig it. So you ready? I, I'm, I am ready. You got your pen and paper? All yes. right. So the tried and tested 5G morning routine is the following. God, Jim goals, growth, gratitude. These are the five G's. And now that I've said it, it makes crystal clear sense why these will be helpful. But just for those who are thinking, I don't get it fully, let me do a really quick piece on it. We're not just physical beings. We're also spiritual beings. And so you got to connect with that inner source or outer source, however you view God, right? And you got to spend time, whatever religion it is, whatever kind of spirituality, if you're a yoga type, go for it. If you're a sit in nature type, go for it. For me, I'm a Christian. So I spend time reading my Bible. I spend time praying. I have a conversation with God and he guides me for the day. It's practical. It's present. It's real. And it happens. So that's my God time. Second is gym because the science is clear on this. Um, When you work out, it actually rearranges hormones. So your stress hormones actually reduce. On the other hand, your satisfaction hormones, your happiness hormones, your confidence hormones go up. This is just straight up science. So why wouldn't you do it if you know that's what's going to happen? So when you work, I'm not talking about doing like a a Dwayne Johnson, the rock workout. I'm just saying do 20 minutes to just change, you know, your arrangement of hormones to get your heart rate up. And it does wonders for your body. 20 minutes. And you don't need weights. You don't have a gym. You don't need to have a gym membership. I and mean, we're talking push-ups, going for a run, going for a cycle ride, doing some squats against a wall, like basic stuff. Uh, third, goals. It is super important that before you check your email, 
before you get other people, including your family, telling you all the things you should be doing, you figure out what you want to get done that day. And no, I'm not talking about an exhaustive to-do list that you know from the get-go you're not going to get done. I'm saying figure out the three things that you will not sleep before you get done. Have that clear North Star and focus for the day. So that whatever happens, whatever life throws at you, because life will throw stuff at you, you've got your three things. So that at the end of the day, you go, at least I did the three most important things. Because that to-do list never goes. So the fourth is growth. It is super important that you spend time either listening to the music, watching the TEDx talks, um, reading the books, whatever it is that gives you some growth, growth with creativity, growth with inspiration, growth with ideas, however you want to define growth, commit to a little bit of time to worse. And finally, gratitude, because at the end of the day, our attitude is what dictates if we have a good day or not. I mean, you can, you can wake up in a mansion and be upset about life. Uh, or you can have just enough money to buy a meal for the day and be grateful for that meal. And that changes your perspective for the whole day. So making that a practice to show gratitude for what you have changes how you see the day. So those are my five G's that I do every morning. Some mornings are great and I'll do like two hours of my morning routine and some mornings are tight and I've done it in as short as 40 minutes. So waking up 40 minutes early, just to do 10, 10, 10, 10, 10 minutes of each thing. Boom. You're done for the day. You're ready to go. I like that. I, I, I absolutely like that. Uh, wow. I'm going to create my own version of maybe it'll be, you know, five B's or something, but I'm going to come up with something because it's, it's about Good. sending that. It's about setting that intentionality for the day as opposed to just kind of hopping up and, and, and going at it blindly. Right. But it's actually setting and creating a mindset for yourself that that has you on a winning course. So I like it. Everybody, Dan Ram travels the globe as an event MC and speaker at over 100 events a year, hosting changemakers like President Barack Obama. I mean, he's shaking the man's hand. I'm wondering if you've ever watched it. I wouldn't. <laughs> billionaire founders sir richard branson and reed hoffman f1 champion nico rosberg grammy winning artists and celebrities he works on four continents from college campuses to parliaments to in-house corporate innovation days for fortune 500 companies to the biggest tech conferences in the world his passion is to inspire people with his motto start now start simple in building a future we all want to live in. How did you come to embracing and living that motto? Right. You know, sometimes things are clearer in hindsight than when you're looking forward. And what I saw was a pattern. The things that I was most uh, excited about, the things that I celebrated as the greatest milestones were so varied. You know, sometimes like this year, it was taking my family on my 35th birthday to the Maldives. I mean, we're in a pandemic. My sister lives in Ecuador. My parents are in India. I'm in Germany. This was not meant to be. And yet it is something I celebrate because what more can life, what's better in life than family? Uh, and especially on days like your birthday, and especially when the pandemic is just ripping apart, like, you know, human connection and, and, and the things that we want, like intimacy and all of that. So this was my highlight this year. But that's so different from what you just announced a few seconds ago about me shaking hands with President Barack Obama. That's a whole different kind of milestone. 
I've also been an advisor to the Prime Minister of Ireland on entrepreneurship policy. That's a very different kind of milestone. I went to Yale University. I was a good student. That's an academic milestone. The, the milestones and things we celebrate are very different. And for many people who are listening right now, what they will achieve is going to look very different, even among your own audience. So to me, where I see the commonality is where we begin, not where we end up. And the one theme I always saw in everything that I achieved, including the trip to the Maldives, including this introvert, you know, the kid with a stutter who was shy and never raised his hand in class and never had any friends, now being a speaker at over 100 events a year, this year it's 150 because we're now doing virtual on it in addition to in-person events, is they just dare to start. I didn't always have a plan. I didn't always have a clear strategy. Um, I wasn't one of these guys that, you know, stuck... Uh, a picture to a wall and say, that is my vision. I'm going to be that. But I just dare to begin one step at a time. So when it was the Maldives, it just started by Googling, how do you get to the Maldives? Not Googling all the ways that we wouldn't get there and all the restrictions, but just if we were to do it, how? And even with speaking, it just started by watching TEDx talks. But I wasn't just watching it. I was studying it. I was seeing where do they put their feet? When do they use their hands? Who are they looking at and when? Like really studying it. Right? When it came to uh, getting to Yale, it's not suddenly you wake up and you go, I want to go to Yale. I just started going, okay, to get to get Yale, you need to have really good uh, grades as part of it. That's not all of it. How do you get good grades? Well, you need to get good test scores. How do you get good test scores? Well, you got to pay attention to class. How do you pay attention to class? Well, for me, it's by taking notes. I learn better when I write things down. That's my way. It's not everybody's way, but it's mine. So where, what was my start now, start simple? Was I just started taking better notes. Right, Like any other guy, I used to just have a pen and write down things. And then I changed that. I upgraded from pens to then getting highlighters. Then I would make notes of my notes. And I realized, kind of like your practicing tip, that if I really want to learn something, I would make notes. Then I would make notes from those notes. Then I'd make cliff notes from those notes. And then I would just have like a little card with just a word that represented all those notes. And that's how I'd memorize things. And then guess what? Exams became a lot easier because I just had to remember those few cards, nothing else. So all of that to say, you got to dare to start now, start simple. Now, that is easy for me to say now. It was only when I reflected and got, okay, what was the common theme here? And of course, in my career as a, as a host and MC to events, I get to interview the billionaires, the millionaires, success stories, and they all have the same starting story. This is the beautiful part. You may never get to be as rich as Jeff Bezos or as innovative as Elon Musk or as you know inspiring as Obama, but they all had the same starting point. So what's your starting point? To everyone who's listening, what's in your hand right now? What tools and resources do you have? That's your starting point. What education do you have? That's your starting point. Uh, who are your neighbors? What's your community? That's your starting point. You don't have to wait till you get money. You don't have to wait till you have some high net worth individual in your network. You don't have to wait till you um, get a promotion. What you have is your starting point. And it's all you need. That's the most beautiful part because the rest shows up. So this is the core of my Start Now, Start Simple philosophy. I live it out every day. And just because it's worked in the past doesn't mean I stopped doing it. I'm still doing it. I have a long-term goal at some point of building a space for people to rejuvenate, to refuel, to be inspired, kind of like how Tony Robbins has Fiji Islands and Sir Richard Branson has the Virgin Islands. 
I, I want to create a space not for me, but for others to experience the same. And we start now, start simple with a home with three bedrooms. Now it's comical because a lot of people have a home with three bedrooms, except mine is different because we extended the kitchen and the living room to intentionally bring people in. That's how you start now, start simple. Someday someone's going to ask me, Dan, how do you own a massive island with 600 people coming and going and being inspired? And I'll say, well, start it off with the three bedroom house, just like everybody else, right? This is everybody's chance at a start now, start simple story. You have it. In a little bit, you're going to get a chance to ask me a question. You already asked me a question earlier, but this is, this is a bonus round. You'll get to ask me a second question. Now, I want to know, because you, you have engaged with some of the biggest names on the planet, what is the biggest lesson or your biggest aha moment or takeaway from any of those exchanges you've had? Probably one of the... Um, biggest takeaways is that the spirit that they bring to work is a spirit that they possessed. Often we minimize people to their success or to their milestone, right? So if you think of say Michael Jordan, you think exclusively of him playing basketball and yet there's an entirety of a human uh, around what made him so great at playing basketball. And one of the things I've realized is so many of these successful people are successful in many areas of their life. So if you see an incredible work ethic in the office, they've got incredible work ethic even at home, even in their own personal lives. If you see great leadership in the office, they often show great leadership in their families and great leadership in their communities. And I think it's actually quite sad that we limit people to just the part that we like about them or the part that we celebrate about them when often it permeates every part of their life. So this now will now come at no surprise when I say that I'm no more surprised at the number of CEOs and entrepreneurs that are extreme sport athletes. The number of them that say we run marathons, we run tri and you'll think, what, the CEO of that company is running a marathon? Well, why not? If they can do that level of perseverance in the office, why do you think they cannot persevere running? Like, that's the least of their concerns at that point, right? But it makes sense now um, when, when I mention that. So that's something that really stood out to me is, and this is why we had the conversation about morning routines, because people are like, what's the connection between morning routine and speaking? Well, now you got it. If you can wake up and be great in your life, you'll be great on stage. If you start acting great on stage, your career ends very quickly because you'll be found out, right? You'll be found slacking. You'll be found exhausted. You'll be found overwhelmed. But if you wake up and you show greatness to yourself, you show greatness on stage. That's the connection. And all of these people, I think, are great across the board. I love that we have people now like Kevin Hart and Will Smith, where you can see that holistic greatness, that they're not the one-trick pony, right? And I think some people are shocked by that. But what we just don't know is that the others, we didn't give them a chance, but really they're great across the board. So again, you know, the, the point of this podcast, I think, and the point of what I do is not just to shine the light on those who've achieved it. The reason I do this is because I want to be the bridge for everyone who's listening. And when it's for me on stage, everyone who's watching, because we all possess it. We all could do it. Sometimes when you be inspired, which is why I bring these people on stage, but my heart is not for them necessarily. My heart is for people in the audience because I think we can all do it. 
but we got to show up for ourselves. And that's what I'm about. That's what my social media is about. You mentioned about all the videos. The videos are not about me traveling the world or uh, how I speak well on stage because how's that helpful for others? My videos are all about how can you find greatness and achieve greatness in your own life? My videos are about, about people and people watching. It's for them. It's not for me. There's no call to action. There's no like, hey, book me to speak an event. That's the least of my worries. The only thing I think about every day when I go to sleep and the only reason I respond to every DM or respond to amazing opportunities like this, the podcast, and Bridget and I, you only just connected a few minutes ago before the podcast. But the reason I do this is because I really believe that we can all elevate. I really believe that we can show up to ourselves greater than we are today. And that opens amazing doors. That leads to a rich, rich life. That's all we got at the end of the day is this one life. So show up. When you, uh, well, it's funny you say show up. A title of one of my books is show up and show out. So don't, <laughs> don't just, just be there physically, but be there mentally, emotionally, and then perform in a way that just wows the crowd. You said something that reminded me of a phrase that I've adopted. When you shine the light on others, you actually end up shining in the process unintentionally. When you shine the light on others, when you uplift others, when you focus on making others better, oh my goodness, what it does for you on the inside. It's just, it's explosive. It's explosive. Now, Dan Ram, you have some incredible mastermind that we've got to hear about. Okay. I also haven't forgotten your offer for me to ask you a question. I haven't either. (laughs) So the mastermind, the courses, all of that stuff. I think you just need, I need to reiterate the heart behind it, right? Because you may, when I mention the cost of it, you might go, that sounds too cheap, given everything Dan's talking about. And the reason it is at that price is because I don't intend to make money from these things that I'm uh, hosting and coaching. I only charge because people place value on what they pay for. If I do it for free, there's such a high drop-off and such a low bar as to how people expect themselves to behave in what they're uh, attending. It's not even what I bring 100% to whatever it is. So I just want to put that out there. I run this stuff because I firmly believe that just as I've transformed my life, I can transform others. And just like I have found ways that in my very ordinary way, I can live an extraordinary life. I know I can do that for others. And that's what I've been doing. And it comes in a couple of different formats. I obviously do one-on-one. I love that because it's super fulfilling. I get to meet people in real time. It's not a program. We essentially write down three goals that you want to achieve in 10 sessions. And I hit those 10, uh, in those 10 sessions, those three goals with you. You choose your three goals and I'm not creating like a copy paste program. I am committing all my resources and attention to help you achieve your three goals. And the second is a mastermind because not everybody can afford the one-on-one. It's not overly expensive. It's a couple hundred bucks per session, but the mastermind is cheaper. It's just a hundred bucks and you get two sessions a month and that's a small group learning. And that one's focused entirely on public speaking, which is great for this audience. If you are listening to this, you're going, how does Dan speak without saying ums and uhs? And he sounds like he's got an answer to everything and he hasn't paused to reflect and Really what's happening is I've just learned how to do all of that on the go simultaneously. Today's session, a couple hours ago, as running the mastermind, we talked all about tone because this makes a huge difference. Too many people are focusing on what they're saying, not how they're saying it. And so we deep dive in these masterminds and 80% is practical hands-on doing. 20% is me coaching. So it's learned 
Learning by doing, learning by games, learning by challenges, not learning by pie charts and graphs and PowerPoints. So if you want to learn to speak by speaking in a small group, then the mastermind is for you. And that's only a hundred bucks uh, per month for that. So both of these, you can just find on my website. Just look up IamDanRam.com. There are other things that I do that are significantly more expensive because just in case you're worried and saying, oh, Dan, that just sounds so nice. And man, you must be dirt poor. Do not worry about me because I do most of my work with big corporates. And so these big events, these big conventions with 10,000, 12,000 people, that's a whole different thing. But that's the kind of expertise and knowledge I bring to these sessions. And I do those big things because I firmly believe the audience that's in there can all elevate. Uh, I am with you. You may see me on a big stage interacting with a billionaire, but at the end of the day, I'm not the billionaire. Uh, I'm part of this community that's listening. And so I want to help us all get up there. Now, can I ask you your question? Not, not yet. Not yet. Oh, in, in just a second. Right. This is your <laughs> podcast. Go on. Go no. on. <laughs> what are the names of those two offerings? Can you, will you tell us the names of those two offerings? I know you do the one-on-one and then you do the small group. Do they have names? The one-on-one is not got a name. It's just you and me. <laughs> okay. And okay. That's, there's the name, you and me. And then the small group. <laughs> the mastermind is called Speaking Success Mastermind. Okay. Speaking Success Mastermind, because I'm just committed to your speaking success. Okay. And even if that, you're going like, Dan, I love the sound of you. And I honestly don't have the 300 bucks uh, per session for the one-on-ones. I also don't have the hundred bucks uh, per month for the group. I do have a pre-recorded course. It's the one I don't share the most, but if you're like a high school student and you're like, I just have pocket money and I've got 40 bucks. Well, that's the course. Now I don't show up live in that, but the content is good because what I've done is I've taken all the years of speaking on stage and also some surprise guests who show up in there and it's videos. So we've got pre-recorded videos, they're all super short, five to seven minutes. That's the attention span I expect from you. So don't think this is some 45 minute boring uh, video. So five to seven video, five to seven minute videos plus activity sheets. And so it's still learned by doing. The only thing is it's a course. So it's a six module course. Okay. So Nice, nice, nice. Okay, thank you for indulging me. Now the moment has come. I am turning the microphone around. I am now going to be the interviewee. What is your burning question for me, Dan Ram? A burning question for you. Well, is. it doesn't have to be burning, but you know. <laughs> My question, I'm always curious because people ask questions, learn so much, and because they hear so much. I want to know, what is an insight that you have had in the last two to three months that you have carried with you? So not just something like, oh, that's a really nice thought for them, or that's a really good learning for them, but something that you've gone, I got to chew on this bit. This is helpful for me. Wow. An insight in the last two to three months. Well, this isn't a new insight. It's not new, but it, uh, it came to the forefront, uh, you know, more than maybe in the past. And it is, and this is, you know, everybody get off the edges of your seats. This is not going to be anything earth shattering, but it's that life is precious and life is short. 
Yes. And things can change at the drop of a dime. And that you really, y'all, you didn't ask for four or five, you asked for just one. <laughs> and that you really need to embrace the moment that you, the moments that you have throughout the day and the yes. people in your circle and the love that you have because it can be gone like that. So there's my ah, over the last two to three months. It was just a reminder of how that message worth remembering regularly through life. Yeah. yeah, that 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 was that's it for me. That's it for me. And, and really understanding and focusing on what's important and understanding what's not important. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and letting the insignificant fluff, junk stuff mm-hmm. stay where it is. I could go on and on, and I'm sure there's a bigger umbrella that all of this fits neatly under, but just, ooh, just recognizing what needs to have space in your heart and in your life, what deserves space, and what doesn't, because you don't know what the next 24 hours hold for you. There you have it. (laughs) I love that. Thanks for sharing that. Really good reminder. Yeah. That was a good question. That was a good question. Okay. What else does the audience need to know before we depart to ensure that they're always owning the microphone, that they are showing up, showing up, getting started? So this is a little bit of a meta response, but I do believe in this. When you know your purpose and your value, that show, shines brighter and shows up stronger than words and presentations and content. So never give up trying to figure out who you are and why you're here. When you can answer that question to yourself, that is what people latch onto so much more. I am, I used to be really surprised by this, but now I get it. But people would always come to the Afros going like, I just love your energy, Dan. I just, I just love. I, I just, I feel it. It's just contagious. I just want to be around you. And I used to just be, sometimes you'd be a little insulted because I put so much time into the presentation or into the outfit or into what I was going to say. And I was like, really, you're just going to reduce me to energy. But then I understand why I'm here. I'm here for others. I'm not here for my content. I'm not here for pitching a startup. I'm here for others. I'm here to serve. So when I put others first and I think, how do I show up to help others it's a different energy and people feel that energy. And so now this is the core of who I am. And that doesn't take away from my message, right? So we've talked about some public speaking tips and how to improve on that. And it doesn't take away from that. But I also pe- think that, that people understand the relationship here. The relationship is not Dan, the guru, who has achieved something that, that is uh, unaccessible or inaccessible. It's Dan's one of us, has transformed his life. And now out of gratitude, wants to help others to do that for them and he's here for that reason people feel that and so again to you listening i love that you may be working on your presentation right now or practicing your next pitch but do not stop chasing that bigger question of why you're here what is your purpose what is your value because when you center everything you do around that that's a whole different kind of speaker i don't care who oprah is interviewing. I don't care what chair she's sitting on. I don't even care what network she's on. 
I just know when she's on screen, what she says has more weight than what any other news anchor could say. So here's the deal. The point is she knows what she's about. She knows why she's here. It's why she has decades of a strong legacy, right? These are the people that inspire me. And I hope that you become someone that you inspire in yourself. And I don't mean that in some conceited way. I mean that you just put in the hard work to figure out your purpose and why you're here. So apologies for a little bit of a philosophical response at the end, but to me, this is the core of why we're here. I mean, why talk about public speaking if you don't know why you're on this planet? Answer that question first and the rest follows. You have to have a little philosophy here and there, Dan Ram. Come on now. That's, I mean, that's what makes life life, please. Okay. I know I was, I gave the impression that that was the last question, but actually this is kind of the last question. You have a red chair opportunity. What is that? Talk to me about that. What's that? The red chair opportunity is my newest attempt to find a way to serve people. And so one thing that I've realized is super key in getting opportunities and getting revenue in meeting people is having a solid online presence, otherwise known as a personal brand. The reason I can charge more than other MCs, the reason that I have never advertised to speak at an event, I only have a request coming in uh, to speak and all of that, I would just put down. The reason my parents have stopped calling me Danny and now call me Dan Ram, all comes down to personal branding. <laughs> I know I can help people with this. I also know this is a pain point for a lot of people because it is a monster. Do I get on TikTok? Do I get on LinkedIn? Do I post daily? Where do I come up with all the ideas? Who's going to edit my content? So basically what I'm doing is for free. Okay, I shouldn't put it that way. Let's say it's 100% sponsored by me. So I'm paying the cost to bring a panel of six amazing brand designers, videographers, social media people into a virtual Zoom room. You sit on the red seat, you have 10, mi 10 minutes to present what you wish your brand to be, what your current struggles are. They then spend 20 minutes brainstorming with you how you can solve that problem. And then we spend the last few minutes coming up with an action plan. All of that I am sponsoring. Why? Because I like seeing you win. And so nothing will give me more joy in 2022 than for you to write at some point and go, oh my gosh, that insight, that idea, that concept, that resource has landed me this big gig. And I'm gone, great, that was a December well spent. And so we're doing this right now. Right now is the red seat. You just, again, go on the website, iamdanram.com or write into me. You can write to me personally if you want, dan at iamdanram.com. But the best thing to do, and this includes you, Bridget, as well, is just follow me on social media because I keep coming up with new ways to serve on a monthly basis. And social media, especially Instagram, is where I'm usually saying, hey, I've got this opportunity this Saturday for 30 minutes. It's going to be me and Ryan Reynolds. Um, and you can come and have a chat with us uh, about you. Not you like talking about how great Ryan Reynolds is, but how maybe something that Ryan's done in his life could help you. And so what you can learn. So, yes, follow on social media. But otherwise, just write to me. And do not be shocked if I write back. I mean, this always surprises people, especially on Instagram or LinkedIn, when they DM me and I DM them back right away. And I'm like, but that's why I'm on social media. I'm not on social media to talk about me. I'm on social media to talk about you. So that's why I'm responding to you. So, yep.
Wow, that's incredible. What a servant's heart. Uh, how <laughs> incredible. I am at a loss for words. That's, that's awesome, man. What you're doing uh, on stage, off stage, on the screen is just bananas in a terrific way. <laughs> good, good. And I also like bananas. So that's, that works really well. Win-win <laughs> all the way around, all the way around. I am so grateful to you for your time. Uh, being on the show, showing up, giving us, I know at one point you said, that's just a little nugget. And in the back of my mind, I said, that is, that's a big, I don't know what he's talking about. (laughs) That's a big nugget. So giving us the gems, giving us the insight, sharing your expertise with us, invaluable. I'm telling you, invaluable. You're incredible. Don't stop what you're doing. Thank you. And can I just say, thank you for putting in the work because unlike television or social media um it's hard when you can't see an audience and you can't see them appreciating or clapping you along i'm sure they're a good audience and they occasionally write to you and connect with you but thank you for putting in the work there's so much back-end work of reaching out to people and reading their profiles and studying them and being prepared so thank you for your work uh creating all this value into the economy for sure i mean that's what we're here for right i mean it's about uplifting others and uh making people better than they were before they engaged with you. Dan Ram, it's been awesome. Really appreciate you. And thank you to the listeners for tuning in. I mean, if it wasn't for you, (laughs) we wouldn't even do this. I'm Bridget McGowan. Until next time, make sure you always own the microphone.